0: banning air and you're listening to season six of the afro pop close-up podcast where we go beyond the music into politics religion history and culture in this episode we're in london we have a story of the pioneering record label behind the burgeoning new jazz scene in the uk's capital musician tess hurst hosts this podcast jazz refreshed in london hello everyone and welcome to jazz refreshed We've been doing this for 16 years, can I get a little bit more?
1: Thank you, It's, it's wonderful to have the friends and family like yourselves out with us tonight. It is a monumental achievement by the whole team.
2: of the global pandemic in 2020, the only place to be on a Thursday night in London was the Jazz Refreshed weekly residency. Every single week for the last 17 years, Jazz Refreshed have programmed some of the best musicians from across London and across the UK. Jazz Refreshed, the movement that started in a tiny bar in the heart of West London, has provided the foundations from which... The current London jazz scene has just grown and grown. I call Jazz Refreshed a movement because they're more than a weekly event and more than a label. They have completely transformed the scene. I want to take a closer look at this pioneering organisation. the next 20 minutes, I'll be hearing about the beginnings of Jazz Refreshed from the founders of this movement and about some of the challenges they faced along the way. I'll be speaking to musicians who have performed at the Famous Residency and who have released their music through the Jazz Refreshed label. But most importantly, we'll be listening to some of the music they have championed over the years. Starting with the track you can currently hear, This is Butterfly by Rosie Turton, released by Jazz Refreshed in 2019.
3: You know, London has just been buzzing. My name is Jane Cornwell. I'm a writer for Jazzwise magazine and the jazz critic for the London Evening Standard. I think you've seen a real kind of jazz ecosystem um, rise up. And, you know, that's been with things like jazz incubators like Tomorrow's Warriors and um, Kinetica, um, you know, and different kind of uh, organisations that have sort of nurtured and supported young jazz musicians. And, and certainly through jazz organisations like Jazz Refreshed, which which has a, a residency at the Mau Bar, or did have in Notting Hill, uh, you know, you get these kids that are kind of coming up and, and wanting to just show off their chops, practice, do their soloing. It's just, I think, you know, one thing begets another and and before you know it, you know, there's lots of people that are kind of collaborating. If you want to know why London Jazz kind of took off, um there's a sort of boundaries down they have the jazz chops but there's a real boundaries down um approach where you're looking at bringing in grime now grime is as valid to shabaka hutchings as jazz is um bringing in broken beat bringing, bringing in electronics all of this goes into the pot and it's really redefining jazz and i think what it's also been doing is is really reinforcing this notion of jazz as a living music and and jazz can maintain its identity and bring in um, lots of new elements. And I think that's, that's the kind of beauty of it and what, why there's always been this kind of cyclical nature of jazz. Oh, jazz is dead. Oh, no, it's not. Here it comes, it's, it's back. And, and that's precisely because of this ability it has.
2: Jazz Refreshed have been providing a platform for young jazz musicians for years. But as we've heard, it's only recently that there's been a global spotlight on the scene. I want to find out more about the beginnings of the movement.
0: I'm Justin McKenzie, and I'm co-chief executive, uh, co-founder, and creative director of Jazz Refreshed. The beginning of Jazz Refreshed was, um, was a long time ago now. It's 2003. Um, and it started as one night off of several nights that we were producing at the time as events producers. We were a team called Upper Recordings, which were kind of record label and events producers, uh, mainly hip-hop and soul and stuff like that. Um, But we were all collectors of records and we had a jazz collection, each of us, that we never got to play out as much because it wasn't really party music as such. Um, So we decided, um, myself and Adam actually, kind of spearheaded this idea to have a jazz night for us to play records, just to play our selections that we were collecting of jazz. And we already were doing something at this bar called Mau Mau Bar and we decided to change that night into doing Jazz Refresh there. Um, I can't remember why it was called Jazz Refresh because it, that wasn't the original title it was called um, it was going to be called Close to the Source a long name but um, for some reason we changed it to Jazz Refresh and literally the first couple of weeks after playing records we Realized there was a potential to put a little live in the corner on a stage, which was being used with a sofa on it, you know, a couch. Um, And then we trialed it a few weeks later, maybe three or four weeks later, and it worked really well. So we put together a lineup for that summer. And ever since then, this is 2003, we kept it live every week. But the initial idea was just to play records, it wasn't about the live. Until we put a live event on, then we realised the potential. Hello everyone and welcome to Jazz Refresh.
1: I'm Adam Moses and I'm co-founder, co-chief exec, and project management for Jazz Refresh. We definitely put a lot more energy into making it an enjoyable event as opposed to some of the other jazz things that we were going to, which were quite stuffy and kind of straight. And this kind of came across in the music as well, because we wouldn't just book one type of jazz. We kind of really stretched the boundaries of it. So you might have straight ahead one week and the next week you'd have African jazz. And the week after you'd have, you know, some soul jazz or funk, you know what I mean? So showing the full breadth and spectrum of the music was really important to us as well, as well as, curating an audience that looked like us. One of the the things when we came into the scene was the audiences didn't look like us. So it was a a kind of real thing to us that we kind of went out to the community that looked like us. Also being in London, it's one of the most multicultural cities in the world. So we want that kind of to be reflected in the things that we did as well.
2: can hear is some of that live energy from the weekly residency and what's important to recognize is the role that Jazz Refreshed have played in curating an audience for this music I know countless musicians for whom Jazz Refreshed was just their favorite gig because of the audience and let's hear a track from one of those musicians a drummer who was there right from the beginning and one of the first people to release music with Jazz Refreshed. This is Rockers Round Window by Richard Spaven.
4: The tune of course is called Rocker's Round Window, which is Adam Rock, because he used to stand at that round window next to the drums when the stage was on the right hand side, where like Adam would, he'd be on the door or telling people to shut up or whatever, you know, walking around. But if he would watch the gig, he'd come and watch it from there. Hi, my name is Richard Spaven. I'm a drummer producer from London. definitely recommended that people go down to Jazz Refresh on a Thursday and it's always kind of like you know don't don't have too many expectations because it's different it's a different place to witness music because the crowd is just so involved and in a kind of like shouty energetic way but in the most supporting way possible sometimes you just you can't see in there like if you go you know if you're in the audience sometimes the sound wouldn't be the best in there and it was just amazing that all of those things just didn't need to be perfect didn't need to be in a perfect big hall with perfect sound it was actually all about the vibe and that is something that musicians just would feed off in there and I think that's why it was so successful because people just love to play there you know You'd play there with a smile on your face because the crowd just felt like family, you know. Jazz
0: please make some noise for Anthony Joseph and this ridiculous band. Thank you so much,
3: Roman. I think what what Jazz Refreshed have done, and they're a really phenomenal organisation themselves. You you know, headed up by um, Adam Moses. Justin Mackenzie and, and Yvette Griffiths, you know, that that what they did quite early on was really look at the audience and that's certainly something that's um, been crucial to them. And, you know, they brought in a crowd that looked like the people on stage. The Another thing that's incredibly vital about this kind of jazz resurgence is the way that the crowd are as much a part of the performance as the actual musicians the participation is really a, been a huge part of the scene you know cheering on you know somebody who's daring to do something a bit different or who's in the zone or And and that's something you would often see at Mau Mau. So, you know, it was a small venue in in Portobello Road, the famous, really the size of a living room, I guess. And you would have the musicians there on stage. The stage wasn't that high. It was, you know, you could just take a, a small step off and there you were in the crowd. And that's what the musicians would do a lot. They'd get off the stage and kind of come down into the crowd. Jazz
2: Refreshed started with an intention to do things differently, to challenge the elitism and the prejudice found in the scene and in doing so they created a special experience for the musicians and the audience but i don't think it's always been easy and i asked adam about some of the challenges that jazz refreshed faced along the way
1: i mean our experience of coming into a existing jazz scene which is I don't know if you could necessarily call it a scene at the time, because it was kind of just jazz being played at different places around the place, Re- you know, really good stuff as well. And that's one of the things, musically, I think the UK has always had something really special. You can go all the way back to jazz warriors and even further, there's been special moments of special music makers that's come out of London as well. And I think we came from hip hop before that we were in sound systems. So we have a history in black music in the UK, a history that is often not documented really well. It hasn't been documented really well, I think. And so we've come out of this black music in, uh, in London and UK, and coming into those places, we faced, as as a lot of black folk, it wasn't welcoming to us. There wasn't a kind of elitist attitude. We'd find that when we first started and we wanted to go out flyering, people would just be completely dismissive of us standing outside of a jazz club and flyering. And, and at that point, I think it kind of clicked with all of us sort of, what's the point in trying to kind of get to an audience that isn't really interested in what we're doing just because of a preconceived idea of who we were. You know, it was a, three black guys, four black guys outside of a, a jazz club flyering, everyone's kind of coming out and, and we're young as well. so. It was at the time we were young, I mean, Uh, not now, (laughs) but at the time we were young and people coming out and going, oh yeah, that's not really my kind of thing, without even hearing what we had to say. So we kind of made a conscious effort to actually look at our own community. How do we promote this music to them?
2: In 2013, Yvette Griffith joined the Jazz Fresh team, and we would need a whole podcast series to talk about the work that they currently do. Jazz Refreshed now programs stages across the world, at South by Southwest in Texas, in Brazil, New York, and Paris. I asked Yvette what she's most proud of since joining the organisation.
5: I can't say one thing, so I'm just going to say a handful of things. I, well, I'm, 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 if the one thing would be like an umbrella statement that I'm most proud of the dramatic change I've seen um, within the organization and how that has had an impact on UK jazz, you know, in terms of there being more female band leaders, much more cultural diversity on the scene, many more young people being given opportunities. Um, You know, we we recognize that um, we have a very specific spot in the the ecosystem of UK jazz. You know, we're not a big commercial organization. We never will be because for us, what we want is we're there for the artists. We're there for the music. We're there to make sure there's a continuous pipeline and that there is diversity of sound and, you know, visually in terms of gender, in terms of color,
2: Yvette's right. Jazz Refreshed are there for the artists and the music. And there are so many musicians who just wouldn't have performed, recorded or released their own music if it wasn't for Jazz Refreshed. Musicians like Richard Spaven.
4: I mean, for me, completely pivotal in kickstarting my career as a producer, which I've benefited so much from that. You know, I love making records and I it's like a big deal for me every time I put out a record and it reminds me of the first time that I did it. You know, it was it's scary to me to release your work into the world and, um, you know, Jazz Refresh was the catalyst for me doing that in the first place. Jazz Refresh has been going for so long now that the real youngsters coming to it don't appreciate the groundwork that's been done. There just was not this scene for, like, UK young jazz 15, 17 years ago when Adam was marching the bands down to the cash point to pay them, you know, it wasn't easy.
2: And the track you're listening to now is a track by bassist and composer Daniel Casimir and myself, Tess Hurst, released by Jazz Refreshed in 2020. I spoke to Daniel about the impact that Jazz Refreshed has had on his career.
1: Well, when I first met Adam down at Mau, Mau one of the very first questions he asked was like, when, when you're going to release a record? And I don't think I really thought about it at that point, which I really don't think if it wasn't necessarily for Adam to be like, when are you going to do it? Not if you're going to release a record, but when you're going to do it. It's hard to say that whether I would, would have released music or at which point I would have done it. So in that sense, it's been incredibly impactful. It's hard to imagine the way that, and the attention that the UK jazz scene has now without Jazz Refresh.
0: When this thing is no longer the cool thing, we'll still be there because we believe in the music and we believe in the progression and we we're always trying to push and push and push and um so yeah like i'm saying it's undeniable we're part of the scene but do we feel like we're part of the establishment i don't know <laughs> i don't think so
2: and jazz of Rest will continue to be trailblazers for the scene i'd like to say thank you to everyone who spoke to me in making this podcast adam moses justin mckenzie yvette griffiths Daniel Casimir, Richard Spaven, and Jane Cornwell. This Afropop close up was made possible by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. But to keep this series going, we need your support. Please visit afropop.org and make a donation. Every single dollar counts. For Afropop Worldwide, I'm Tess Hurst.